This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hi everyone, it's Helen here, the voice of Azu, Enola and Laverne. Today, I'm here to tell you about Woe Begone, a podcast launched on the RQ Network. Woe Begone is a weekly horror sci-fi audio drama series about the nature of power and the implications of linear time. Woe Begone follows Mike Walters, who discovers a mysterious and violent online game. What begins as an exploration of an alternate reality game with real-life consequences quickly becomes a search for the technology that makes the game possible. Each episode has a unique soundtrack composed by creator and writer Dylan Griggs. Listen to Woe Begone, spelled woe period begone, wherever you listen to podcasts. Or check out woebegonepod.com for episodes and transcripts. Have fun, and see you later. Hi everyone. Ben here. I'd just like to take a moment to thank some of our patrons. Lacey Ruff, Julia Morgan, Nope, Liz Coolman, Francesca Todd, Alina Michalecki, Matt Weir, JST1138, Kristen Bonner. Thank you all. We really appreciate your support. If you'd like to join them, go to www.patreon.com forward slash rustyquill and take a look at our rewards. Hi guys, so this is kind of embarrassing. Um, yeah, turns out that I didn't just get the episode number wrong on one episode, I got it wrong on two, so when the episode starts and I say it's episode 59, that, that's wrong. You can, you can, you can just ignore that. Um, my bad. Enjoy the episode. Episode 59 of the Rusty Quill Gaming Podcast. I'm your host and GM, Alex Wall, and with me today I have James Ross, Greg Monroe, Midian Nicholas, and Ben Merrick. Who are you playing? Tom Smith, Sasha Rackett, Hamid Salu, Harun Al Tahan, Sebastian And you might actually make it out of Paris. I don't oh. believe there are any places beyond Paris. We simply exist in Paris. Paris is all there is. There is no escape from Paris. I'm waiting for us to crash into Eiffel's Folly. <laughs> <laughs> Now there's an idea. Oh no! So, as a brief recap, you managed to reconvene with Wild. He told you effectively you should all be moving on to Prague. Okay. After a brief sojourn via a locksmith and, and, a tank. and then a tank. We basically became the target of a small war. Running away, running back, running back away. Pretty much. Long story short, you made it to the aeroport. Yay! Yeah. And in the aeroport, you managed to find an aeroboat. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> As it stands, you are now aboard a ship. 
It is a ship that looks to Zolf's eye as an actual seafaring vessel that has been modified beyond belief. And to clarify this, we are passengers. Yeah, you are, we are. You are, we are, you are paid. We yeah, are we've got tickets. We've yeah, got tickets. Yeah. There, was, there, was, there was a brief misunderstanding. Maybe you're going to kill them all. Maybe not. Who knows? No, we're passengers. It's better drunk Bertie. <laughs> but you are currently aboard a gnome-run vessel mm. facing an equal parts practical and completely impractical captain. She has raised her goggles and welcomed you as passengers. We will pick up exactly where we left off. Hmm. All right. Oh, no, yeah, can I, mean... I have a go taking it off? Can I? Is there? How do you take it off? I like you. You can come with me. All the right. rest of you. Right. I need names. Go. Zolf. Well, I am Sasha, but you don't need my name. I'm just the one that's keen on Have the ship. Salahru, not a ham. I, Madam, am Sir Bertrand McGuffingham, and Bertie gives a very formal and impressive bow. A pleasure for you to meet me. Hmm? Who's the squit? Fine vessel. Hmm? That'll be Oscar Wilde. Her face drops instantly. All sort of pleasantness, all fun and all of that is gone to complete stony face. Oh, Oscar, she's heard of you. Yeah, don't worry, we, we're not his best fans either. Oscar's currently kind of stood behind Bertie and sort of pokes his head out from behind the armour. Here's the deal. Get him off my ship, we can go anywhere you want. If he's on my ship, either he goes or I'm probably going to have to arrange for everyone to be kicked off this ah, ship. Ah, either this wild goes or we must. <laughs> that's good, that's good. If you know what well, that is, actually yeah, good. You, that's really you. good. You're welcome. Everyone, maybe give that a Google. That's, that's a good line. It, I, I'm going to go ahead. Yeah. Fine. James, well you know what? That's so, a good line. Thank you. Yeah. You're welcome. Can I give you some but, laughter as well? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. That's witty. Fine. Bertie picks up Oscar Wilde with a scruff of the neck and goes, uh, just drop him off here or... I mean, if you if you'd kill him first, that'd be best. Yeah, fine. No. Yeah. Wild's there, just looking at the female gnome, whoever it is, and just goes, "Let them fly. I'll get off here. I'll make my own way." All right. See you later, Oscar. Wild just goes, "Look, is there no way you can?" And then the female gnome pulls whatever contraption she has on our hip and levels at him and says, "Get off my ship, right?" Now, you meritocratic dirtbag. Bertie takes one step away from Wilde and goes, uh, I then points at his doors. I'd shoot probably about here. She uh, lowers her aim accordingly and gives you a wink. Actually, you know, if, if we do get to pick where Bertie points down his crotch. <laughs> <laughs> she leans down and gives you a wink with a different eye. <laughs> Wilde kind of looks to the rest of you. I mean, could we keep him asleep or something in a sack? He looks, he looks back to whoever the gnome is and then says, all I'd like is one minute to speak to them. Can I have that? She says, fine, you're doing it on the deck and under my supervision. Wild kind of nods and quietly gestures for you to come over. Right, what do you want, Wild? Is she your ex or something? Wild leans forward. She wishes. Um, see, it's that kind of charm that gives yeah, you reactions like that. That's that. Yeah, that's what I can see. I can see how popular you are. It's more important that you get to Prague. Yeah, I know. That's why we've asked you that's, to leave. Yeah, so you go. Then it is that we arrest her. I Go ahead. She sounds great. Go ahead to Prague. Do not tell her that you are under my supervision. You claim to be prisoners. I don't care. She cannot know that you're working for me. She'll probably kill all of you. So are you just an idiot we picked up? Yeah, we, we found you unconscious. I'll try and make my own way to Prague. Um, all right, see you later, mate. All right. He, he looks at the rest of you. I shake him by the hand and wish him luck. 
he's taken aback and returns it in a very, very sincere, un-Oscar Wilde-like way and doesn't make a pun at your expense. But Sasha looks at him slightly warily and then kind of leans forward to shake him. I mean, I like the tank. That was amazing. He's, he's much more wary of Sasha. <laughs> yeah. he's, he's willing to reach his hand out, but he's clearly waiting for the dagger to come out as he's reaching out to shake no, her hand. she's genuinely impressed by all of the stuff. I know this. He yeah. doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, Sasha is more dangerous close up than <laughs> it is. That's, that's just, I mean, if she, she could tumble, do a tumble turn, uh, which seems to be her most dangerous move right now. Uh, so, yeah, no, she shakes his hand really enthusiastically. Oh no, and I mean, the yeah, the flying thing, that was amazing, although this is a real flying thing, but that was, ah, oh, that was great, no, you should really hope I get to see some of those again now. Um, so the I hope you don't female die. gnome again yells, get him off the boat or I'll have to kill all of you. And you should probably go, because I want to fly this ship. Wild gives Zolf and Bertie nod and starts to leave. Hope you survive and I get to see the flashy stuff again. Hope she gets to see the flashy stuff again. Female gnome basically gun still trained on his back watches him off and as he's about to step onto the gangplank she just kicks him and he falls a decent distance like maybe like 15 feet onto a lower scaffolding he's getting hurt by that lands staggers up and continues to go down the scaffold and limp clearly injured away the rail lean over look like i'm just watching him leave and as subtly as i'm able cast a message one sec okay and just ask if there's anything we should be we should be watching out for if if he doesn't trust this captain. What what should we be on the lookout for? Uh, there's not a lot. How much? How many words does he have? Or is it just a conversation? It's, it's, yeah, it's just a okay, conversation. Okay, cool. So he's continuing to walk away. Yeah. He doesn't turn or in any way acknowledge what's happening. He just yeah. basically effectively whispers back to you. It's, it, it lasts forty minutes, but only hundred and forty feet to the distance. <laughs> He's walking and just goes, she's a separatist. If you have anything to do with the Merocrats, she will cut you off and push you off that boat while it's in flight. Just don't let her know. And just try to stay out of trouble and watch out. Prague is complicated. And then he heads out into the rain. Yeah, I thank him. The rest of the gnomes. Um, The female gnome just looks around you and goes, right, you, points to Sasha, with me. You... I like you, with me. And then, that was to Bertie. Yeah, to Bertie. Just to Bertie. To Bertie. <laughs> to Bertie. Because that wouldn't be obvious. <laughs> to Bertie. Well, which she's point, a villain. <laughs> at which point she immediately turns, holsters what you presume was a weapon. None of you, apart from Sasha, have seen anything even vaguely like it before. And strides back to take her position. Right, so I'll just stand here, shall we? The rest of the burly gnomes have finished loading up the ship and are closing doors and so on, and basically climbing aboard and all taking positions. They are all taking positions by various equipment, so it's not like they're manning sails or anything like that. So to your practiced eye, you can see that the ship, they've done a really bad job of retrofitting it, and there's the remains of what probably were the masts, two of them, against the deck. But mm-hmm. it's, it's serviceable, but whoever did it cares more about the machinery than the actual vessel. That's fine. The Zolk's never been like madly in love with ships. Sure, so sure. Like, so without further ado, the uh, female gnome takes a moment, gives a gesture, spinning finger, and then reaches down, and her hands are blur, begins pulling various levers, turning a couple of valves and so on. There is a groan from the machinery behind her, and the plumes of smoke change colour from lime green to bright blue, and start 
There's clearly some kind of deep engine in there. There's the squeal of pressure and so on. And then suddenly it begins vibrating violently, extremely violently. Oh, this is amazing. You're finding it hard to keep your balance. It's shaking in that juddery. Yeah, it's always not looking at which point it begins to rise, and it rises about 15 feet off the floor. It is nearing the roof of the warehouse. So as soon as it leaves the floor, Zolf turns like a, a really, really off shade of green and just hits the deck, like yep. lies flat on his face on the deck. The captain gets her goggles, pulls them onto her face, pulls on a pair of uh, ridiculous gloves. They're, they're covered in what seem to be like luminous, Jewels, probably not precious stones, but it's just it's just ostentation for the sake of it at this Sasha point. Sasha feels the bloomings of a crush. <laughs> <laughs> and then she goes, Right, everyone ready? Hold uh, on. She braces herself, pulls a lever, and you begin to really slowly pull out from the <laughs> like it's a really it's a really sedate. The second that you've stopped rising, it's just it's just gently pulling out really, really smoothly, really carefully. <laughs> begins to <laughs> ease in kind of an awkward... Mm. Does the crush slide I'm going to find someone who doesn't look immediately busy and ask to be shown to my cabin. <laughs> so, you ask one of the gnomes, they distractedly look away from one of the valves that they're um, measuring and just go, when we finish descent, and it just continues back to it. The vessel pulls out into the torrential downpour. Unfortunately, you're getting wet. That's fine. Like I will deal with you as you've done so. The vessel then takes a about 20 degree angle, something like that, steep but not like unmanageably so, and begins a clear ascent. The engines are, are sort of roaring. Interestingly, it seems very little affected by the buffeting winds. Hamid, as you're heading below deck, you know for a fact an airship could not take it off in this storm, even if it wanted to. Even if someone had been trying to, in this kind of weather, it would have been too dangerous because the bag would have been all over the place. This ship, for whatever reason, it's managing it much better and it begins a slow and steady ascent. Is the uh, is the deck covered in anything or is it just open? The deck is currently open to the element, elements. Um, heading below deck, Hamid, you head below deck and are immediately bowled over briefly by a heavy gnome coming out and just going, what are you doing? Move! Heads out onto the deck. Presumably you still head down. Yeah. You find yourself heading down and there are pipes running everywhere, bits of steam and so on. There's loose equipment which is kind of hanging from walls, but if there's any kind of organisation to it, it eludes you and you head down. For the rest of you, you start seeing the Burly Gnome start coming up to you and basically explaining to you that there are guidelines. They, they hand you effectively harnesses or belts. For, for Bertie, they just kind of look at you a bit nonplussed. Did they put one of the like gnome-sized guidelines on each of his trunk-like legs? Stop beating me to my own punches! <laughs> I'm really sorry. Yes, really they sorry. do. <laughs> Two of them I'll run be, away. I'll be quiet. They, they talk and sort of you see them quickly retrofit, and then they come back and hold up something that kind of looks like it might be a harness, but it is genuinely two gnome ones that have just yeah. been wheeled so it like together. Harness underpants. Pretty much. <laughs> For the rest of you, they have things that fit. They actually have a dwarven one, like a proper dwarven That's cool. One. If they can fit it on me from where I am, that's fine. Again, they come over to Zolf with a harness and then look at the legs and go, um, uh... They just hand it to you, yeah, and then they show all of you that there are, on either side of the deck, there is actually a very thin cable. Not like cheese wire or anything, but a thin cable. And the idea being that you can basically clip yourself on, and you're now clipped on to the boat, and they show you, look, 
you've got two lines here, clip onto the middle one. If you're going to go to um, a different part of the ship, clip onto the next guideline before you unclip from that one. Really basic, you know, like height and safety stuff. The vessel continues climbing. It's peculiarly domestic the way that they're taking all of this in stride when there is lightning crackling quite near the vessel and, you know, gusting winds as you're continuing to rise you see what are actual explosions from the far side the side that you saw the hangars with movement there are genuine explosions going off you continue to rise and jumping back to you Hamid you have find yourself in what is clearly an engine room maybe not the engine room but an engine room it's just full of lots of gnomes very busy and the second that one of them turns and sees you they just start yelling at you oh, to I get out even if, even if I open a door and see an engine room I'm not going in I'm oh yes, exploring the ship. I'm looking for somewhere to sleep. The second that you open it, they're like, "Get out! Oh my God, get out!" I, Obviously, you... I apologise <laughs> very politely. Doubling back, you find yourself heading down. If you you'd headed down the stairway, the yeah. door that was facing the stairway was an engine room. Doubling back beneath the stairway that you came in, you find yourself in a corridor which has more cabin-like structures. You open a couple of doors and you see empty hammocks and so on. Eventually, you open a door that has a very, very rudimentary pair of bunk beds in. I'll sleep in a hammock or a bunk bed. A hammock is not bothered. He just—he doesn't want to get in anyone's way. Sure. So he'd, li- he'd like to find something that doesn't look like it's been—it's occupied, so that he's not sleeping in someone else's bed. But he's finding somewhere to sleep. Sure. Cutting back to Sasha and Bertie at the front. So the captain is basically accelerating upwards, and then turns to both of you and begins explaining how the vessel works, assuming that both of you are on the same par. Yeah. So to Sasha, she's like, okay, so here you've got pitch, here you've got yaw, you've got roll on the wheel. Obviously, you don't want to use too much roll, otherwise everyone's going to fall off, obviously. Now, obviously. over here you've got the pressure regulator. She turns to uh, Birdie. Now, obviously, we're running a lot of our chemical reagents from tank A to tank B. We can shift to the reserves as she just continues talking to Bertie. Those are liquids. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Give me a diplomacy roll. <laughs> Not bluff. No, no, no diplomacy. Give me uh, a diplomacy yeah. roll. Uh, that is nine plus four is thirteen. So, as she critically failed her um, sense motive on you and gate trying to get the measure of you, you're clearly a gearhead like her because yeah. you're taking this in stride. So she's just over the moon. She's prattling now as you continue to rise up. Sasha has never heard most of these words before. But she's beginning to be like, so it's like a car, but in four dimensions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, exactly, exactly, exactly. And then the, the conversation keeps happening. She keeps mentioning the word vectors. Vectors start coming up a lot in the conversation. Meanwhile, as you continue rising, you start rising up towards cloud level. You've actually been rising for about, you know, a half an hour, a fairly steep incline. You're not fast. But the manoeuvrability of this thing seems kind of independent of the weather. It's bizarre. There's probably some magic going on as well. Hamid, you managed to go to sleep. Yay! Your dreams are not haunted. In fact, you're mostly just exhausted. Yep. For the rest of you, what are the rest of you wanting to do? Currently, you are on the deck, guidelines to two things, and lots of gnomes are just kind of looking at you pityingly and continuing with their work. If I can fall asleep through my nausea, I will fall asleep. Either that or I will remain nauseous and awake. On the deck in the rain. I am not moving. Okay. I um, cannot move. You will not be able to sleep in this kind that's of fine. A, a down floor, but stay here. Okay, that's fine. You continue rising and then Roll fortitude against exposure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
eventually. <laughs> the captain, meanwhile, is now basically telling Bertie, right, so if you control everything on the left-hand side, and what, what, what was the name again? What was the name? Sasha. Uh, Sasha, Sasha, you, got, you control everything on the right. Now, obviously, uh, Bill, Bill, I want to say Bill. Bill? Ber Bertrand, <laughs> Sir Bertrand, of course, of course, sorry. Okay, so. Sir Bertrand, just make sure that the pressure doesn't go above 200. Otherwise, no, we are in trouble. Yes. And Sasha's eyes widen. I, I think, I think Sir Bertrand might uh, actually. He had a, like a bit of a knock on the head earlier. Like it was, it was hard protecting uh, that. No, guy. no, I'm fine. Um, uh, perfectly willing to give this a go. He seems he, fine to me. Oh, uh, oh Sasha, careful! You're not maintaining your hydraulics. Uh, there, will fall I, out of the sky. Uh, all right. We got about three seconds maybe, unless you pull maybe, that lever. Two uh, seconds. Okay, okay I'll there we go. Maybe. Um, <laughs> Then, right? You ready for a bit more speed now? Oh, yes, yes let's go. Okay. That looks like the reddest one. That's Sasha. the one, Sir yes. Bertrand. You give that one a go. I am a natural at this, aren't I? Sasha could not believe that she might be in this position and not enjoy it. Bertie ruins everything. This might be one of the first times in her life she feels real dread and fear <laughs> about physical danger. <laughs> I bet he's, he's selected the correct one, and that choice has been affirmed by the captain. So, <laughs> you know what you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> a stopped clock he's, and twice a day yeah. spring to mind as yeah. part so of a relevant phrase. He's a, a vile, posh misogynist, of course. He's, you know, it, it, it's the Top Gear thing. Yeah. Like, he's a natural expert. If a woman can do it, it's the white man. I can't unsee it. As you enter the cloud cover, um, you are accelerating faster and faster. Again, you're not zipping along by any stretch, but you are you are getting a decent lick of speed. The captain then sort of turns to both of you and goes, right, okay, well, uh, we're basically um, in the final part of the ascent, so I, ah, screw it. Okay, yeah, so Bertrand, you go first. I reckon I've given you enough of a briefing. You And then Sasha, you can go second. She just lets go of the wheel and just goes, go for it. The vehicle begins slightly listing to one side as the wheel begins Sir to Bertrand drift. Bertrand puts one steadying hand on the wheel and writes it gently, evening out the course. Do you have any relevant skills whatsoever? No. I have confidence. <laughs> <laughs> ride? Handle animals, yeah. Bluff, ride? Ride, um, like genuinely ride. Is yeah. The closest thing. So you reach your hand out and take control of it, and you're all right. You're all right. Yeah. You, she, she occasionally reaches out and just slightly corrects as you overcorrect, because it'd be like, it'll list to the yeah. right, so you turn too much to the left. Yeah. You know, the standard learner driver stuff, and suddenly it's boats rocking. Zolf, you're not feeling great as it begins to rock more a, and more uh, and more. A slight trickle of vomit just appears. <laughs> Thankfully, it's still raining in the cloud cover. You're yeah, not high enough so yet. then it washes out. So This is really easy. Uh, Oh, Sir Bertrand, watch your pressure again. Uh, honestly, I mean, you got a bit of a blind spot for the red gauges, eh? No. <laughs> Sasha is terrified. She, she reaches out and just goes, I mean, uh, do you mind if I just... It's kind of minor stuff. She begins, like, shifting a few of the pressure valves. You notice the pitch of the engine drop down from, you know, threateningly high to a, a more gentle engine noise. Eventually, you, you don't manage to crash the vessel, and she goes, Cool, Sasha, do you want to go? Yes, yes, yep, yep, yeah, yeah, like, um, um, yes, yep, like, uh, I'll, I'll give that a go. Um, right, yes. Uh, she's, uh, like, both from the desperate thing of trying to take over from Bertie, who she thinks is the most incompetent individual <laughs> ever but also being so in awe of this opportunity that she's actually beginning to get a kind of stage fright. Um, yeah. oh, okay, right, 
Now, young lady, what you do is you hold your hands at ten to two. Okay, and just actually letting Bertie show her what to do, just so like, oh, sort of, uh, right. Uh, she has a weird glean in her eye. Or alternatively, she reaches out and just spins the wheel. You are both tied on. It does a full barrel roll. All of the gnomes you hear go, oh, really? Honestly, for God's sake. <laughs> <laughs> it does a full Sam barrel roll. Sam is choked off by rising <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Then sprays in an arc. Like an acidic Catherine wheel. Following the roll of the airship. Gross. Hamid, give me a will save. Oh, I turned into a murloc. <laughs> Fifteen. Fifteen. Hamid clearly stays You're, asleep. You see, you stay asleep. Wakes, wakes up oblivious at the end of the journey. Again, going, that was really easy. For the listeners, not for Hamid. <laughs> Hamid tips up towards the top. It turns out the bunks are padded on both the top and the bottom. You sink into the top. And the hammock is just... (laughs) It's a full 360. (laughs) Incredibly gently. You do a full full barrel roll, and then effectively she just finishes it, hands it to you and goes, honestly, it's a lot more robust than you think. Go nuts. Sasha just keeps her hand on it. This is the best day of my life. (laughs) (laughs) And I think we'll take a break there and be back in a couple of minutes. Hey, hey, uh, you, yeah, no, y- you with a face, yeah. I, I know I shouldn't be here, but got in like a wet ferret slipping through the hands of a moisturiser salesman, you know me. I just needed to let you know about this deal, right? Uh, you head over to rustyquill.com and follow the links to the store, or go on redbubble.com and search for us. I've been appraising this stuff, and it is good. There's all sorts of stuff in there. You want Brutor's face on a mug? You got it. You want Hamid's face on the wall? It's there. You want Bertie's face? Why? Yeah, well, I, I, I gotta go now, but you just remember, right? Head over to rustyquill.com, follow the links. Tell them I sent you. Just, um, well, I just wondered, though, uh, are you gonna eat all that eel quiche? And welcome back. So... Sasha, you are currently operating the machinery. Having an amazing time! <laughs> now that Bertie's standing away from most things, it is actually kind of an amazing time! Give me a disabled device check. <laughs> oh, only a two. But then plus 11. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thought there was going to be some danger there. Uh, so 13. So you're getting a little bit disappointed because it's less intuitive than every dream you ever had. Yeah. That's about it's it. Criticizing the UX. So what it, is, <laughs> what it is currently is you, you can see how it works, but there's a better way of doing this. Yeah. I mean, there, there objectively is. Like, you shouldn't be controlling velocity in a lever that's so far from the steering wheel. You have to let go, let it list a bit, go alter the speed, and then come back to the wheel. It's almost like it's been retrofitted. Yeah. It's rigid design. And by people that really enjoy the look of cogs and levers, but not necessarily the function. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Something to discuss later, I think. Yeah, punks that like steam. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I was going to say it and was worried that I'd be told I, I'd be alienating the audience again, but yes! <laughs> yes! Yes! Those gnome hipsters were worse. <laughs> if there ain't gnome hipsters, <laughs> then frankly, you can take your custom elsewhere. <laughs> So, <laughs> the ship finally breaks out from above what turns out to be very low cloud cover, although it is cold. The gnome crew 
start easing off from all of their various duties, monitoring the equipment. Obviously, things are settling down, and you, you level out at exactly above cloud level. So there's the, the pleasing wake of disturbed cloud behind the vessel as it's traveling. It's such a shame that this beautiful, pure moment has been ruined by the fact that Bertie was quite good at it. <laughs> <laughs> genuinely Sorry. loving it, but there's the waves, there's everything that you wanted to be, but Bertie was also... And that, now we're all up in the cloud cover, and Bertie, I've just remembered from his side quest, has got like a full series of uh, cold weather furs. So he's looking majestic, like in a so, yeah. full snow leopard so outfit. I feel, like, I feel like if Brutal was still around, Bertie would go to the prow and hold out his yeah. arms. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's completely what he would do. So the, the gnome crew begin opening crates that are right next to where the masts used to be, and bringing out serviceable furs. They have enough for everyone to fit and they're, they're a bit beaten up but they're serviceable. The captain looks to Bertie as Bertie begins donning his cold weather gear that's compatible with his armour and so on and just... And it looks fabulous. It looks amazing. <laughs> she, um, she it just, looks better on me than it did on the snow leopard. She just turns... <laughs> she just turns to Sir Bertrand and goes, you must put me in touch with whoever put that together. You must put me in touch with your haberdasher. <laughs> <laughs> she then slowly take command back from Sasha. Corrupting everything that Sasha wanted. She I really enjoyed this. We're really getting on. <laughs> what a lovely time I'm having at this new skill that I happen to have just laying around. Sasha's hands are on the wheel and it's just... But she, she kind of like begins to... Like, she doesn't want to grip the wheel. It's sort of, it's almost like it, it's sort of acidic. There's some bitterness <laughs> within it. It's The captain yells out over the side of the raised platform where all of the controls are and just goes, 15, 15 to me. One of the crew runs over and he, uh, he basically implies that he's going to take over from the controls from you, if that's all right. Uh, yeah, she, she just sort of her hands spring away and uh, just looks a bit ugh. He takes over with practiced ease and adopts an expression that can only really be described as quite bored. <laughs> like he's done this a million times before. And uh, the captain basically comes to you and goes, well, Paris, eh? Woo! Yeah, it was, it was interesting. Oh, I apologize. Um, before I forget, she pulls the weapon and holds it to Sasha's head. Why were you with Wild? Give me an answer that I believe and give me an answer that makes sense. We were running away from a job and we found him unconscious. Like, and then he said, go this way. And he seemed to know what he was doing. We don't really know Paris that well. We are mercenaries from London. And we got told there was an interesting job in Paris. And then all of this stuff has gone down and we just know that our next job is in Prague, so that's kind of like why, right? Okay, now give me the bluff roll. Okay. Ooh, Ooh. critical fail! Critical fail. Critical fail! If it's any consolation, she got a natural 20 on her sense motive. Nice. <laughs> so that one's never going to go well. And, and, and maybe with that discrepancy, that's even particularly bad. Her eyes go very, very cold. She cocks the weapon and starts applying pressure where effectively your only choice is to either step back like slowly as she applies the pressure or literally bat her away. Those are your only options. Uh, uh, am I aware of this occurring? Give me a perception check. Sure. Oh, uh, 25. Yes, you are. Fort save to get over my air sickness? Like, because, oh dear. Yeah, yeah, give me the fort save. 
can you, see. Yes, actually, you, 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 you get yourself together and you can see the captain gun effectively to Sasha's forehead slowly walking forwards in such a way that Sasha is being slightly edged closer and closer to the edge of the vessel. Alright, what's going on here? Bertie draws his sword and is about to attempt an intimidate check on... The second that she sees you draw the sword, Mm -hmm. the captain yells out, 1 through 12 on deck now, full arms. Alright, alright, alright. He gave us the job, but we don't actually know who he is. Hang on a a minute. Yeah, what's... What's the, what's the problem? She wants to know how we know Wild. Like, she doesn't believe that we actually hate him as much as we do. I right. definitely do. Let me count the ways for you, my captain. All right, on uh, which I hate Oscar he's, Wilde. He's, all right, all right, here we go. Look, look, look. He's Bertie's ex-lover. She stops. <laughs> turns to Bertie. I want to cut off his skin. <laughs> a, bunch of, a bunch of heavily armed gnomes break out onto the deck wielding weapons none of you have ever seen before. You couldn't even guess their purpose. And they are armoured as well, in, in slightly weird armour, but nonetheless. The captain, tech. The captain is just looking to Bertie, then is canny enough to know that to see the truth, she looks to Sasha and just tries to read Sasha's face. Uh, yeah, they are. It's disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> the way that they talk about it is gross. Like, they're just constantly making pervy remarks. And since they stop being lovers, it's even worse. It's just Oh, it's almost like sexual tension and thing going on. Oh. And so he offers us a job, but it was a, there was money, so we did it, but he's awful. She yells to the rest of the crew, grab the dwarf. What? Oh, she then, oh. holding the gun, comes in close to Sasha and just goes, why Prague? Just, we know there's another job there. She steps down. The dwarf's in charge, right? Uh, yeah, technically. It's, oi, oi! And it's this Zolf. Zolf. The captain heads down. Yeah. Releases the gun from Sasha with a flourish. Pockets it. Pulls out a, what looks to be a cutlass, actually. And starts heading towards Zolf. She approaches Zolf. And basically gets the cutlass under his chin and just gestures for him to get up from where he's been sprawled basically on the deck and as just I'm, standing up. As I'm getting up, it's like, if you expect me to fear of death, you're going to be sorely disappointed. Give me a perception check. Uh, that is 25. Uh, <laughs> as she lifts Zolf up, basically at the tip of her cutlass to stand, yeah. raising his chin a little bit, her eyes flit to Zolf's ring and then flit back to his face. She gets a confused expression grabs his hand without asking and then has a look at it. Hey, what? Releases it. What is it about people in that ring? What's your chapter? What? What, what no. chapter are you from? Uh, oh, sorry, watch your suit. Uh, I, um, I'm not wearing a suit. Thanks, Brutal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. hmm. What? Look, I, this is a ring I, I got off of my brother. I don't know. What was his name? What was his name? Uh, Ferrin. Fer- Ferrin Smith. Who's your father? Harold? Oh! She takes the cutlass, puts it back. Oh, I'm so sorry. Here, come on, come on, come on. I'm so sorry. Uh, it's okay, it's okay. Uh, everyone back to it. It's fine, it's fine. Oh, you should have said. Why didn't you say? I, I didn't. Oh, no, come on, come on, come on, come on. Oh, where'd the, um, where, where the halfling go? Eh, he's fine. He's got nowhere to go. Dinner at mine? You know the standard pirate ship thing that you have where you have the upper deck which has the wheel and then beneath is effectively a captain's cabin, mm-hmm. dealie above deck? That. 
She starts walking towards it, and obviously, with practice, eases clipping and unclipping as she goes very, very yeah. safely, and heads to the door and just opens it and goes, Food? I'm gonna like, kind of zimmer frame <laughs> all over. Uh, come, come on, guys. Sasha rubs the point in. Where was the gun pointed? Because the name is short, so it's not gonna be out the forehead. It was, mm, let's say, it would just be entertaining if I was like rubbed a little, the indented circle. <laughs> I just say you did because I said forehead originally, doesn't matter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It'll uh, work. Well, maybe she had a box. Sasha rubs the indented circle on her forehead slightly grumpy, but she's quite used to fortunes flipping around as fast <laughs> now. So she shrugs and they're like, So what's for dinner? <laughs> <laughs> that is a good question. So you all head into her cabin, the door shuts behind you. She has a whispered conversation with a gnome who was in there. The gnome heads out. The cabin itself is, it's not as you'd expect, given how you know, flashy she's dressing. It's full, of, it's full of stuff, like engineering things mainly. Gears and big brass telescopes, things like that. But at no point, what I mean is, there is no opulence there. There's no, there's no bed. That is exactly what Sasha, if she had all the money in the world, would <laughs> have in her bedroom. So it's just like shiny mechanical things in a big shiny mechanical ship that goes around nicking expensive stuff from <laughs> exploding cities. There is no, no understanding of how it could be more awesome. Uh, are there any written bits and pieces knocking around? No, nothing. Okay, nothing at all. Um, there is a large circular table in the middle which is covered in stuff. She just looks at it and goes. Eh, pushes a button that's on the desk beside her, and then the whole thing, the middle, flips, just scattering bits all over the floor, inverts and then replaces itself into, there is like plates fixed into it. Like magnetised. Yeah, 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 basically, and then there's some cutlery to it as well, so it's, it's now set, ready for food. This is Wallace and Gromit level engineering. <laughs> but it's just, it's, just, it's just scattered stuff everywhere, and she just... She just walks quite casually, just treading on all of what, to Sasha's eyes, is incredibly complex equipment and quite valuable. It's beginning to get confused. So <laughs> and then she just, emotional <laughs> She just uh, pulls up a chair and goes, uh, food will be here in a sec. Um, I, had to, I had to send someone to get your uh, halfling friend. I figured that we should all probably talk together. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's good at that. Yeah. It's an emotional barrel roll. <laughs> the physical one we did earlier. Really confused. Less nausea, I imagine. Anyway, um, I will accelerate. She's fine jumping around. <laughs> I will accelerate time a bit. Where Hamid, you're basically gently woken and led back to the fine. cabin. I need my spells back. I haven't had eight hours. Are you kidding me? It's a bright, sunshiny day above oh. the clouds. So you are led back into the cap- captain's cabin. Meanwhile, in- while this has been going on, the captain has just been shooting the breeze, mainly about travel. She's just asking, where have you been? What have you been doing? But it's only really travel innocuous stuff. She's not really engaging in anything real. Yeah, no, we, we crossed the channel by uh, by boat. It was eventful. Uh, Why? I mean, there's a gyropter caught right in London. Why would you not catch a gyropter? I asked that question. I, exactly. Anyway. Trains, um, madam. Trains are the answer. Zolf's <laughs> just distractedly looking at the ring. <laughs> Hamid, you are shown in and food is being dished up, basically being brought in. I look very sleepy and not very happy until the food appears. (laughs) At point, I perk up. It's done via a dumb waiter. She just serves herself. It's not particularly like... Don't do yourself down. If you apply yourself, you'll do anything. Sorry, Karen. And she sits down and goes, cool, so um, what what are the spades doing in Paris? The the, the spades? Okay, um... 
I, I've got to ask, did you inherit maybe that ring? Uh, yeah. Okay, I mean, do you know anything about what it means, why it's my there? My parents were miners. Hmm. Yeah, okay. Right. They were underage. No, ah. in Somerset, miners, they mined things. <laughs> what is there to mine in Somerset? Tin, primarily, I think. Oh, yes, no, quite right. In yes, this, in, in this fantasy land, probably... Mineralanium. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, shame about Easily obtainable. Hour and a half away from London. Convenient. Any mithril mines in Somerset? She uh, just pipes off and goes, Dan, I, I was sorry to hear about you, brother. Uh, I'm sorry about that. So, um, I hear you're going to Prague. I mean, you should have said you're spades. She reaches in and then grabs the bag of gold that Hammond goes and just throws it back. I mean, obviously, that's kind of irrelevant. You should have just piped oh, up earlier. Thank you. I, well, I just wanted to make sure everything was on the up and up, do things properly, you know. I did, didn't want any uh, unpleasantness oh, at so, all. So just spades? What? Do you, gen you genuinely don't know, do you? No. Hearts, clubs, diamonds, spades. Your, right, your, your dad's from the spades. He gave the ring to your brother, but you know, the unfortunate. I kind of assumed that if you had the ring, you'd have been briefed on this. And he was just like super keen to mine. He wanted to be a miner like my dad. And, like <sighs> his dad before him, I thought. Okay. Well, I don't know how to tell you this. Then it's not really my place. Ah, uh, your, your dad and your brother were kind of with the the Harlequins. Anyone? Anyone know what the Harlequins are? Harlequins. Uh, knowledge, Sasha history, maybe knowledge, nobility. Sasha, mm. give me a wisdom check. So d twenty plus whatever your wisdom modifier is. She's not very wise. Oh, she is a bit wise. I'd also allow knowledge history. Knowledge uh, history. She doesn't have any knowledge history, so uh, just fifteen. Thirty has a total of eighteen for knowledge history. Sasha, you vaguely remember an overheard conversation between Rakefine and your tutor, so this was way back in the dim and distant. Mm. Uh, you got in trouble for listening in, actually. It was one of the only times that Rakefine ever got annoyed at you, like properly angry. You never really saw him angry. The only things that you really made out were the word Harlequin, which at the time you didn't even know what it meant. Bertie, Harlequin might refer to a bunch of things. There certainly was in... England, there was a group called the Jesters, and the Jesters basically set themselves about, they were sort of um, a vaguely libertarian society, like more than 200 years ago at this point. It was kind of a fad, like a rich person fad that never really caught. But it, it, that's the closest tie you can get, but even you know that that's pretty tangential, and like that's a pretty big stretch. Mm -hmm. so Zolf means, like it means nothing to Zolf. So, yeah, I mean, your, your, your dad was with the Harlequins. I don't know what that is. Really? Just wow. None of nothing. Just Zolf Smith and the Smith family mining away. You didn't think Smith was a weird name for a dwarven family? I assumed we married into it or took it on because, you know, immigrants usually like to not okay. stick out so much. Yeah, well, bombshell time. <laughs> Your dad is with, well, was with an, an anti meritocratic society. <laughs> right. I mean, okay. A bit awkward, but I mean, anyone who's good with you, she she gestures to the rest of the group, is, is, is good with me. Y yeah, sure. Oh, sure. yes, Mr. Smith and I are firm friends, yes. It's all right, Zolf. We've all got weird family mysteries. 
I suppose I didn't think I did, but fair enough. That's a weird family mystery. Yeah, I can understand why your dad didn't tell you. It makes sense. Okay. He 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 quit sort of. He he basically distanced himself from the whole thing. Um, I heard your brother was interested, and your dad didn't didn't tell him no, but you, your dad didn't want anything to do with it really. He did. He 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 was very important once in the once in the day, but he kind of kind of backed off from it, really. Sure. All right. Well, um, good to know, I guess. I mean, once once the whole separatist thing set up, it it was kind of dangerous to be linked. So he thought it best to just kind of cut that cord. Yep. It's a shame. He's a very very smart man. I kind of I I kind of regretted him ending up in mining. He was he, he was wasted on that. Oh, he's a good miner. I guess. Amazing tactician. Really amazing tactician. Right. Okay. Oh, there you go, Zol. That's what you get your uh, choices, like hiring Bertie and uh, mm. arranging us. You know, we we got tactics. Tactical masterstroke. Then I yeah. would recommend that. I would say that was your finest move, Mister Smith. Mm? We've done lots of well, tactical chokes on one of the things he's stuffing his face with. <laughs> but quickly covers it. Glittering the pinnacle of tactical excellence. Not just tactical, but that would imply short term. Mm? Hiring of Sir Bertrand McGuffin was a strategic masterstroke well, no, against our enemies. Yes. Well, I mean, in, in fairness, I mean, like that was Rick Fine's job. He was the big picture guy, and then you had. Um... Ah. Excuse me. Nothing. Nothing. Just uh, began to choke on this. Uh, roll on this. my incredibly high modified sense motive. Papow! Give me a bluff check because you're trying to hide it. Just, uh, just choking on this. Choking on this water. Ooh, 19 uh, plus 6, so 25. You know what? She rolled low enough. Turns out she's more willing to believe that you're incompetent enough to choke on water than yep. she is willing to believe that you're lying. Uh, yeah, just, um, just, uh, just choking, choking on this water. I'm really, I'm not in any way uh, able to do incredible uh, tacti- like, tactical, uh, like, sleight of hand. Um, Use your words. Uh, yeah, no, it's fine. It's fine. I'm... I'm it's, like Sasha was torn between desperately wanting to hide stuff and not wanting to seem like an idiot in front of one of the people that yes. she's admired the most that uh, she's ever met. A whole chapter in Sun Tzu's revised Art of War that's just my face. Um, <laughs> wait, didn't Gusset say that Rake Fine had this? Uh, what? Yeah. Uh, um, thanks, Solf. Thanks. Yeah. What? No, he. Um. Who's Gusset? What's a Gusset? I assume you don't mean like a Gusset, Gusset. Look, she she gets a weird cheeky grin that's kind of inappropriate for the situation. So maybe maybe I knew Rapevine. It was uh, just you know a passing thing, just you know a few a few years uh, in. Uh... Sasha, yeah. How does everyone know me? How's Eladrian? Oh, uh, she was a looker. Uh, well, like we don't we haven't stayed in touch. Mm, shame. Did you um, run into her in Paris at all? No, I, I really, really, we haven't stayed in touch. Hamid, any relatives that the captain might know or anything like that? No? I don't think so. Yeah. Actually, that's the point. You haven't introduced yourself. Oh, uh, Amelia, everyone, call, everyone calls me M. Right, okay, right. Nice to meet you, Amelia. Hey. <laughs> Um, <laughs> My name is just made of body parts. <laughs> <So> <laughs> Always found that weird. So you're heading to Prague. I mean, can you can you give me the the truth now? I mean, come on, like you're you're clear and free here. Yeah, I mean, we're, uh, we're on a job. 
and we're being sent to Prague to... <laughs> I am going to Prague to go to the university. Not simply in the pursuit of knowledge for let us be candid, that I have all the knowledge that one could possibly require. Oh, you require. do not want to go to the university. Stuck up prigs, all of them. Oh my uh, God. Well, there is one particular faculty that I must attend. Well, I, I, I don't know if you saw in the newspapers the tales of my adventures in the search the You're the one with the feather boa, aren't I you? I am the one with what? <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> and I think we'll end the episode there. <laughs> I'm never going to let that go. No, never, ever. Oh, never, ever. Never, ever. This is the reason. This is, this is Bertie's arc, is that eventually he gets to murder Oscar Wilde. <laughs> he has to turn like properly evil and into a lich in order to do it. That's fine. <laughs> that's, that's now the objective. <gasps> We can find Brutal and turn Brutal into a lich as well. An adorable <laughs> lich dog. And your love would last forever. It would, wouldn't it? Oh. Yeah. You could put your hearts in the same jar. Exactly. Oh. Oh. He wants to leave Oscar Wilde lying in a gutter. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, just lying in a gutter. <laughs> With his eyes cut out. Oh. <laughs> and on that gross note, I think we'll end there. So thanks for listening and we hope you come in next time and we'll uh, find out what else is happening as you travel on the way to Prague. Hey. Finally out hey. of Paris. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye. Rusty Quill Gaming is a podcast distributed by RustyQuill.com and licensed under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial International License. Today's episode was recorded and produced by Alexander J. Newell. To comment on episodes, make donations, and view links, images, videos, and show notes, visit RustyQuill.com. Rate and review us on iTunes. Visit us on Facebook, tweet us on Twitter at TheRustyQuill, or email us at mail at RustyQuill.com. Thanks for listening. The ring I, I got off of my um, brother. I don't know. What, what was his name? <laughs> oh, f- I've got it. I've got it on Google Docs. Sorry, yeah, yeah. Um. <laughs> Hi, everyone. It's Helen here, the voice of Azu, Enola, and Laverne. Today, I'm here to tell you about Woe Begone a podcast launched on the RQ network. Woe Begone is a weekly horror sci-fi audio drama series about the nature of power and the implications of linear time. Woe Begone follows Mike Walters, who discovers a mysterious and violent online game. What begins as an exploration of an alternate reality game with real-life consequences quickly becomes a search for the technology that makes the game possible. Each episode has a unique soundtrack composed by creator and writer Dylan Griggs. Listen to Woe Begone, spelled Woe period Begone, wherever you listen to podcasts. Or check out woebegonepod.com for episodes and transcripts. Have fun, and see you later.